0: Welcome to the Arborist News Audio Podcast, brought to you by the International Society of Arboriculture. This audio version of the Arborist News CEU article is voiced by Paul Johnson, Urban Forestry Program Coordinator with Texas A&M Forest Service. This month's article is the second part of Managing Soils to Support Urban Trees, written by Bryant C. Sharonbrock, E. Thomas Smiley, and Wes Coker.
1: Learning Objectives Summarize why an arborist may need to make soil modifications. Identify soil modification techniques commonly used to remedy soil problems. Describe types of soil amendments and their various uses. Understand under what circumstances to use various tilling techniques for soil improvement. CEUs for this article apply to certified arborists, municipal specialists, and the BCMA practice category only. Arborists and landscapers are often asked to improve tree health when tree or shrub species are not well matched to the site. the site has changed since planting. Soil modifications can be made to improve establishment, growth, longevity, and or appearance of urban landscape trees and shrubs. Prior to planting a new landscape, the soil should be evaluated so that the species that are capable of thriving with the existing soil conditions can be selected. This article includes a number of soil modifications commonly used to address urban soil problems. These modifications include soil amendment, mulching, tillage, irrigation, and drainage. Many urban soil problems require more than one treatment type. The modification methods described here are mostly techniques that are applicable within the root zone of existing trees or to improve soil conditions for future trees. Amendments are materials incorporated into the soil to improve its physical, chemical, and or biological condition. Amending is not mulching, but many amendments are also used as mulches. Amendments are commonly applied to urban soils with the specific objectives of increasing soil aggregation, decreasing soil density, altering soil texture, altering soil moisture content, increasing soil fertility, altering soil pH, decreasing availability of contaminants, and or managing salinity. Amendments can be organic or inorganic. Organic amendments increase soil organic matter content and offer other benefits. The following guidelines should be observed when amending urban soils with organic materials. Amendments should be incorporated into the soil in conjunction with mechanical soil loosening. See Tillage section. Amendments that are not well mixed with soil may create interfaces or layers that interfere with air and water movement. Amendments should be incorporated into the soil over as large an area as possible. Amending only the planting hole or a very small area around the tree is typically not very effective. Long-lasting amendments are preferred over amendments that decompose quickly. Soil texture should be considered when selecting an amendment. For example, in coarse textured or sandy soils, amendments that will improve nutrient supply and moisture retention, e.g. compost, are preferred. In finer textured or clay soils, amendments should be coarse or fibrous materials that may help improve porosity and drainage, e.g., coarse composted materials, wood chips. Avoid amendments with high salinity. Amendments with low electrical conductivity values, less than 10 deciSiemens per meter, are preferred. Materials with higher conductivity may require dilution with soil or other materials. If possible, match the amendment's pH to the optimal soil pH for the tree or shrub species being treated. Amendments should be free of weed seeds. To reduce handling and transportation costs, select organic amendments with lower moisture levels. Composted organic amendments are preferable to fresh materials. Fresh woody organic materials with high carbon-nitrogen ratios may promote nitrogen immobilization within the soil microbial community. The preferred carbon to nitrogen ratio for compost is twenty five to one to thirty to one. Fresh manure is not recommended because it may harm plants due to elevated levels of ammonia and salts. Typical organic amendment rates vary from two hundred to two thousand pounds per thousand square feet, one hundred to one thousand kilograms per hundred meters squared. In general, a one inch two point five centimeter compost application. to 2% total nitrogen, will supply approximately 4 pounds of nitrogen per 1,000 square feet, 2 kilograms of nitrogen per 100 meters squared. With assistance from an expert, specific organic amendment rates can be calculated based on target soil organic matter levels or tree nutrient requirements. If soil management goals include increasing porosity, supporting heavy loads without compaction, or producing a lightweight soil mix, Then, soil mixing or incorporation of inorganic soil amendments should be considered. Inorganic soil amendments include gravel, centered fly vermiculite ash, expanded shale, expanded slate, calcined clay, perlite, and diatomaceous earth. Consult with an expert when developing a soil management approach that includes inorganic amendments. The rate that inorganic amendments are incorporated into the soil depends on the goal for the final soil mix. Most inorganic soil amendments used to increase porosity are incorporated into existing soils at rates of 25% to 50% of the soil volume, whereas engineered or structural soils may contain up to 80% gravel and or coarse sand. Low-density inorganic amendments, such as expanded shale, expanded slate, or perlite, are often used when lightweight soils are needed. Sand is generally not recommended as a soil texture modifier, but it is commonly used for engineered soils. Sand used for texture modification should be quartz-based with sharp edges thoroughly mixed, e.g. with a soil blending machine or tilled into the soil, and exceed 50% of the final mixed soil volume. Discussion of structural soil mixes or engineered soils is beyond the scope of this article. The best advice for dealing with soil pH is to match species with existing soil pH. Since that cannot be done with existing trees, pH modification is recommended when pH is degrading tree health. Modifying soil pH usually requires multiple applications of an acidifying amendment, and when applications are discontinued, the pH tends to revert toward the original level. For example, soils with high buffering capacities, e.g. fine textured clay and or high lime soils, may require large amounts of amendments and multiple applications, which can result in high levels of soluble salts. It may not be possible to significantly lower soil pH with calcareous soils. Consult a soil expert when developing a management approach for altering soil pH. There are several materials commonly used to acidify, lower the pH, alkaline soil. Iron sulfate and elemental sulfur are relatively fast-acting, three to four weeks, and are readily available. With both of these materials, applying too much in a single application can result in plant damage, so multiple split-rate applications may be required. Ammonium, NH4+, urea, and protein-based amino acid fertilizers will reduce soil pH to a degree but are rarely as effective as incorporating iron sulfate or sulfur. Acidic organic amendments can also be used to lower pH over a period of years. Aluminum sulfate is not recommended as a soil acidifying amendment because of the potential for aluminum toxicity. Lime, e.g. calcium and or magnesium carbonate, is added to increase soil pH. Dolomitic lime is preferred to calcitic lime in most cases because it contains magnesium, an essential element for plant growth. Pulverized or pelletized lime is relatively fast-acting, but it may take a year for the soil pH to reflect the change. Wood ash is also used as an amendment to raise soil pH. It takes about twice as much ash as lime to achieve the same pH change. Over time, with multiple applications of wood ash, there may be problems with excessive potassium in the soil that can interfere with magnesium or calcium uptake. There are two basic types of salt-affected soils, saline and sodic soils. Both soils have excessive concentrations of sodium. Saline soils have an electrical conductivity greater than 4 deciSiemens per meter, a pH less than 8.5, and a sodium absorption rate less than 13. They typically have white crusts on the soil surface, and plants show signs of water stress. Sodic soils have an electrical conductivity less than 4 deciSiemens per meter, pH greater than 8.5, a sodium absorption rate greater than 13, and are typically in a degraded physical condition, e.g. puddling poor drainage. In both cases, salt-tolerant plants can be planted near shrubs or within the drip line of trees to aid in salt remediation. These plants improve salt-affected soils by reducing evaporation through increased shading and increased water infiltration by increasing organic matter, aggregate formation, and soil micropores. Remediation of saline soils may be accomplished by leaching them with high-quality water. The most common method to remediate sodic soils is to add gypsum, CaO4-2H2O, and then irrigate heavily with high-quality water. The calcium in the gypsum replaces sodium on the cation exchange sites, allowing sodium to be leached. Gypsum application rates vary from 20 to 200 pounds per 1,000 square foot, 100 to 1,000 kilograms per 100 meters squared, based on the soil type and the sodium concentration. Gypsum is most effective when applied as a powder or pelletized granule and tilled into the soil. A soil expert may be required to determine which type of salt-affected soil you are dealing with and to identify an appropriate management technique. Microbial inoculants are intended to change or improve the composition of the soil microbial community for the benefit of plants. Most commercially available microbial inoculants fall into one of three categories. One, Plant growth-promoting organisms, such as mycorrhiza, or nitrogen-fixing bacteria, that are applied as inoculants to assist plant uptake of nutrients and water. 2. Biological control agents, such as trichoderma, pseudomonas, or bacillus, which are used as microbial inoculants to protect plants against pathogenic organisms. 3. Phytostimulators, such as azospirillum, that produce plant hormones to stimulate growth. The microorganisms in these products are defined on the product label. Compost teas are often promoted for creating microbial communities that outcompete or suppress harmful microbes and or introduce beneficial microbes to the soil. Compost teas are brewed by placing a defined quantity of compost into a mesh bag, suspending the bag in non-chlorinated water, and then aerating water to extract organisms from the compost. Microbial foods, i.e. carbon sources such as sugar, and various organic fertilizer products are added to the brew to stimulate the growth of specific organisms. Many methods and recipes exist for creating and applying compost teas. Microbial inoculants may temporarily influence the resident microbial community, but it is unclear if these products truly improve soil quality and ultimately urban tree health. Soil and plant responses to compost teas vary considerably. To date, there is little evidence to support their efficacy. Mulching is one of the easiest and most effective ways to improve urban soil quality and tree health. Mulching is the application of materials to the soil surface to improve or protect the tree and or soil. Mulch materials can be organic or inorganic. When selecting mulch, organic materials are usually preferred to inorganic materials. Organic mulches moderate soil temperature changes, reduce soil compaction and erosion, and increase soil organic matter, thereby stimulating microbial activity, soil aggregation, and nutrient availability. Inorganic mulches may be fire-resistant, do not decompose, reflect or transfer heat more readily into the soil, and tend to be more stable when exposed to high winds or flooding. The following guidelines should be observed when mulching urban landscapes. Depth of mulch application is dependent upon mulch texture, density, material decomposition rate, and climate. Woodchip mulch should be applied and maintained at depths of 2 to 4 inches for trees. Materials that are finer, denser, and slower to decompose should be applied at lesser depths. Thicker mulch layers should be applied in arid regions to retain more water in the soil. Apply a sufficiently thick layer of mulch, usually 2 to 4 inches, to kill existing weeds and prevent new weed seeds from germinating or reaching the soil surface. If thinner layers are applied, kill or remove weeds prior to installing mulch. Do not place impervious plastic sheeting or fabric barriers under mulch. Impervious barriers stop water movement and limit incorporation of organic matter into the soil. The mulched areas should cover as much of the tree root zone as possible from near the trunk to the drip line is considered ideal. A. For recent transplants, mulch beyond the root ball. The minimum recommended radius is 3 feet, 1 meter. Maintain mulch for at least 3 years to facilitate root growth and to protect trees from mechanical damage. B. For larger existing trees, the minimum radius for mulch is at least 3 times the trunk diameter. C. Mulch applied as a continuous bed around multiple trees is more effective than single rings around individual trees. Average chip size of most organic mulches should be 2 to 4 inches. Avoid wood chips from trees that are known to have allelopathic effects, e.g. Juglans nigra, and from individual trees that may have soil-transmissible diseases, e.g. verticillium wilt. Do not place mulch against tree trunks. Keep mulch a minimum of 4 inches, 10 centimeters, from the stem. Avoid burying the trunk flare and buttress roots. Keep mulches at least 3 feet from buildings. Avoid highly flammable mulches or treat potentially flammable mulches with flame-retarding fertilizers when mulches close to buildings. On wet sites, soil drying can be promoted by removing organic mulches. Be aware of some other potential negative impacts of mulches, including toxicity, alleliopathy, and sour anaerobic mulches with pH of less than 2.5, slime molds, unslightly but mostly harmless, matting, hydrophobic layers from fungal mats in mulches, flammability, and some fungus problems, e.g. spherobolus, mutinous caninus, and mutinous elegans. Fertilizers are materials applied to soil to correct nutrient deficiencies. Many amendments are also fertilizers. Like amendments in mulches, fertilizers can be organic or inorganic nutrient management of urban trees involves treating nutrient deficiency by matching the nutrient supply with nutrient removal. Detailed information about fertilization practices for trees and shrubs is available in ISA's Best Management Practices, Tree and Shrub Fertilization. There are various methods and techniques to reduce and or remediate soil compaction, many of which have been derived from agricultural systems. Some methods are damaging to existing tree roots, so when tree roots are present, only the least injurious techniques should be used. The most common soil tillage methods used in urban landscapes are mechanical tillage, air tillage, vertical and radial trenching, and pressurized fracturing. Urban soils can be mechanically loosened and hard layers penetrated by tilling. This decompaction method can be effective at both small and large scales using a variety of implements and techniques, e.g. rototiller, backhoe, plow, disc harrow, ripping tines, Field cultivator. Mechanical tilling should only be done prior to tree planting to prevent damaging roots. Surface tillage consists of turning the top six inches fifteen centimeters of soil. Double spading involves removing the top six to eight inches, fifteen to twenty centimeters, breaking up the compacted layer below, spreading an organic amendment to a depth of two to four inches, and then turning up the next six to eight inches. One method of tillage to incorporate organic amendments is to spread two to six inches. 5 to 15 centimeters of compost over the soil, then use a backhoe to dig to a depth of 12 to 24 inches, 30 to 60 centimeters, lifting the compost in the soil and dropping it back into the hole. An additional 2 to 4 inches of compost is then added and rototilled into the top 6 inches. Subsoil plowing or deep ripping to depths of 12 to 24 inches is recommended to remove hard pans below the surface. Concerns with tillage on disturbed urban sites include soil erosion by wind and water and oxidation of organic matter. These losses contribute to decreased soil fertility, increased surface crusting, decreased soil infiltration, increased runoff, and reduced surface water quality. Erosion and organic matter oxidation is minimized when disturbance is minimized, including retention of plants and plant residues on the site. Because most mechanical tillage methods are not suitable around existing trees due to the potential for extensive damage to roots, one of the following methods may be more suitable for reducing soil compaction and rebuilding the soil profile. Vertical mulching involves drilling or augering a series of shallow holes, 6 to 12 inches, 15 to 30 centimeters, and filling them with high-quality replacement soil, amended fill, and or fertilizers, as necessary based on a soil analysis. The holes are typically a few inches in diameter and spaced on a grid pattern 6 to 12 inches apart, covering the root zone or compacted area. Care should be taken to avoid damaging lateral roots when drilling or augering holes. Radial trenching is performed by digging trenches radially from near the drip line toward the tree's trunk. Attempts should be made to locate trenches to avoid major roots, and trench digging should be shifted laterally if large roots are encountered. Trenches are typically excavated to a depth of 12 to 18 inches (30 to 46 centimeters. The trenches are then backfilled with quality replacement soil and or amendments. Ongoing research is being conducted to examine the efficacy of both vertical mulching and radial trenching. Research has shown that both vertical mulching and radial trenching appear to be more effective when more of the compacted soil is removed and or replaced. However, it is unclear how much damage these practices do to existing root systems. Air tillage is a preferred method for reducing soil compaction within existing tree root zones. It is also used to replace soil under trees and it is an ideal method for mixing organic amendments into the soil. Air tilling can also be used to expose the root system to allow root inspection and the detection of root defects and or improper planting. Air tilling is done with supersonic air tools that use compressed air, 0.6 to 0.8 MPA or 90 to 120 PSI at 90 or more cubic feet per minute to break up soil clods or compacted soil layers without damaging the majority of medium and coarse roots. Prior to using supersonic air tools, soils should be moist. If clouds of dust are generated, the soil is too dry. When the soil is too wet, mud will be sprayed in all directions and will interfere with the tool operator's visibility. Moreover, soil structure might be destroyed when air tilling very wet soils. Compost is typically added to the soil during air tillage to promote aggregation.
0: Thank you for listening to this month's Arborist News Audio podcast. An online quiz worth one CEU is available now to current ISA members. This quiz will become available to non-members in August 2016. Visit the ISA web store and search for online quizzes for the most recent CEU opportunities. Arborist News is ISA's bi-monthly serial publication that provides readers with the latest in arboricultural news and education. This magazine is an ISA member benefit and offers opportunities for ISA credential holders to earn CEUs. Become a member today to start receiving Arborist News in your mailbox or inbox. That concludes this episode. Please check back for the next Arborist News audio.